0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and we are here in this recording. You're going to hear from, actually, literally everybody that took part in Phase 1, or Round 1, of the Hot Seat Challenge. Special shout-out to our friend of the show, Tim Dipple, who went ahead and kept stats for everybody. And what we're going to do is we're going to check in with all of our contestants and go over which particular category they did they actually were the, the award winner in. I say that because you're going to hear from all five contestants, me, I won zero awards. I am decidedly <sighs> mediocre. We're going to check in with Mike, and I will throw this out there. For those of you that listen for the trivia, for each listener, for each uh, panelist that we're going to bring on here, I have specifically written three trivia questions to each for them. So there is going to be trivia here. Mike, is going to get two questions based on U.S. presidents and U.S. history and then one question based on sports. And we'll have an introduction at the beginning of each of these as they are going to be recorded separately and put together as one episode. But you're going to hear from all of us. That's going to include Mike, Stephen, Tim, Leah, and Lauren. We're going to start off with Mike. Mike, you were the inaugural uh, person to kind of jump in the hot seat. What was your experience like?
1: I was. Uh... You know, it was it was a little weird. It was it was definitely a, a different experience because you're just sitting there and you're getting a ton of questions uh, thrown at you, and you start to feel really good about yourself when you get several in a row, especially when there are just several that come right to you. And then, uh, as I think we'll go over when we talk about uh, the particular accolades that I happen to win among the original six. uh, You hit those streaks when you get quite a few wrong in a row. And it's very difficult to power through those. Uh, And the whole time, it's very difficult to, it's not difficult to describe, but it's obviously our listeners can't see it. The whole time, Chris puts up a a countdown clock that he starts and the clock's just staring you, right? At least the way I have it set up. Maybe for my next hot seat, I should turn away from the computer so that I'm not staring at the clock because it's unnervingly telling you this is how much time you have left. And uh, as I think I mentioned on my episode, I stupidly said to myself, this is a weird hill to die on. But I was like, I am not going to take my time out. And so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, but again, I think that it is a little bit about a momentum thing. I think for, for some people, I think that timeout is probably helpful. And it might have helped me. There's probably a couple questions that I maybe struggled a bit more on or or didn't get right that if my brain was a little less mushy at that point because I'd taken a timeout, I could have done better on. But I think for me, it's about having that momentum and keeping it going. So it was probably the right decision for myself. But it is definitely an endurance challenge. uh, And you really have to be one that likes trivia to to do it. Uh, But I will also say it is – I had an absolute blast playing against everybody else listening to uh, the other shows with the other competitors. That was so much fun because I'm sitting here, as I'm listening, I'm trying to track, okay, which ones did they get right? And I got wrong, so I'm kind of competing with them. Uh, and I think I think I ended up winning some and losing some. Uh, I think I lost to Tim because I thought his round was by far the toughest. Uh, and I think I actually beat Steven by one, which is a very rare thing because I almost never beat Steven. So.
0: Most people don't. Uh, You'll
1: find out here. Actually, one one of my favorite side one of my favorite things about Stevens and Stevens uh, episode is not only do we both get several wrong in the exact same way, but the funniest one was he had a question where it was if you fly, I think it was east from Denmark or something like that, and he gave the answer if you fly west from Denmark, and I gave the answer if you could fly west from Denmark. (laughs) As I was playing along, we both went the wrong direction. Which is pretty funny.
0: That happens. That happened. That was I remember that question because that was Um, that one was tricky. If I, It was I'm, a tricky question. Yeah. It, it was a little bit of a trick question. So. Right. Wasn't it?
1: It, it was. So, I, I don't and I don't remember exactly what it was. But, I
0: don't either. And we've got a bank of five thousand plus questions we're going through. So I'm not about to go back and find it. Right. But uh, Mike, so your two categories that you finished uh, in the best. Or, well, I guess the number one poll. I'm not sure if you want to consider best or worst but you actually had the streak for the most correct answers in a row you had 15 correct answers in a row
1: that see i i take tremendous pride in, like that's that i feel like i'm happy about that that's something i can hang my hat on uh and then uh you want are you going to make the hat fall to the floor
0: we are, because Mike, you also had the record for the most incorrect answers in a row.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the problem. Is it's momentum can be can go both ways.
0: So. It can. So your overall incorrect answers in a row, I believe, was at six. Right. So not, but overall, not bad, right? Not a bad showing for you. And I'm trying I to mean, see if I we have. I felt pleased
1: overall about my performance.
0: Yes, I mean overall. Overall, for the five people that were in part of the hot seat challenge to begin with, we averaged uh, 56% accuracy for getting questions right, 44% getting questions wrong, which is not bad at all.
1: That is that it. So it's six, including you, right?
0: Uh, six, including. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Just because you're not on the list of accolades doesn't. It?
0: <laughs> I don't think my accolades count for shh right now, so. <laughs> Ah, uh, Mike. Your overall your accuracy percentage was sixty two percent correct, thirty eight percent incorrect. You got through one hundred and forty six questions in forty five minutes, which is awesome.
1: That's not too bad. Yeah, no,
0: you got to feel good about that.
1: So, so Chris, I I will say one thing. Uh, in your defense, though, everyone else had something in common that you did not, and that yeah. Was but if I had that in
0: common, you. I feel like I'd have an advantage.
1: Well, but no, but because they had you reading the questions you had me reading the questions
0: i don't think that, that there's nothing that you're you i appreciate what you're trying to do there but everyone even our listeners know that's bullshit
1: <laughs> i'm just saying i'm not you know I, there could be something to that I also there,
0: there very that. well could be i think i'm gonna pull up my so this is the first episode so let me pull up my results here real quick so i got through 92 questions in total I had 48 correct, 44 incorrect with a 52% uh, accuracy rate. Um, my best streak that I had, I had seven correct answers in a row. And I only had four wrong answers in a row, which up until our last recording, Lauren, was a record. <laughs> so seven in a row, I'll, I'll rest my hat on that. Only having four in a row that were wrong, I felt like I went back and forth a lot where it was you know one or two right, then one wrong or two wrong. But I don't yeah. feel like I ever gotten like I never got to a streak. I kind of felt like I had a pretty good momentum going throughout the entirety of my race.
1: Yeah, you had you definitely had a back and forth.
0: But also, you know, it, it is what it is. I was I've actually at this point, um, at the point of this recording, I will have been on two different hot seat challenges because we did the hot seat and then we did a special for Halloween that'll be coming out here. uh actually by That's the time right. this episode comes out, it'll be posted. But I did a horror movie hot seat that Leah put me through. Nice. That uh, I feel like, and I'll, I'll get the record from Tim. I feel like I was closer to seventy percent right. Nice. Like I feel like I did really well in that. So we'll we'll see what the numbers shake out. I'm sure Tim will let us know. <laughs> but Mike, for you as a thank you for participating in the hot seat challenge, I want to go over what your scores are, or not your scores. I, I actually wrote three questions for you. But before we get into that, what are you drinking tonight?
1: I should have popped open another beer. I'll pop it open right now. I do have one handy. Uh, This is, I had it over. What's that?
0: I'm shocked. Shocked. I
1: say shocked that I have a beer handy. I know. Right. Uh, I had this over on boozy bracketology. I believe when we did our worst comic book movie bracket in one of the rounds, this was the, this is a double dry hopped American IPA. It is called selfie destruct. It's a, it's pretty, it's got a pretty cool can. It has a picture of uh a skeleton with long flowing hair taking holding a cell phone taking a selfie
0: oh, that sounds cool what what brewery is that from out of curiosity
1: uh it is Southern prohibition brewing out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi
0: oh Mississippi okay yeah good for you Mississippi good for you
1: add add this to lazy magnolias another uh another good good brewery out of Mississippi because uh this is a pretty good beer it's um. It's got an interesting flavor to it. It's unique. It's not it's not um it's certainly drinkable. It's not my favorite beer in the world, but uh I I'm not good at identifying flavors. So I, I wish I could describe, but it's sort of a weird kind of sweetness to it, which is unusual for an IPA. It's not a bad thing though. No, it's not a bad thing at all. I mean, it's a, it's it's a good beer. I would if I, you know, uh, I'd have to check what I rated in Untapped. It's probably a three point seven five for me in Untapped.
0: Well, uh, I don't know how you. I don't know what your rating system is like, but to me, that's <laughs> G- a pretty good rating.
1: Generally speaking, uh, three point seven five is, I like it, but I'm not sure I would necessarily seek it out. Okay. Or is if you see it, pick it up. Any and then any, anything over four, four point two five is, you know, uh, get this beer. You know, seek this out periodically, and then four point five and above is top beers i've ever had type of thing
0: oh damn
1: but i, I it's kind of weird because I, I have this broad range and i don't think i ever rank anything much other than those three three point seven five <laughs> four point 4. two five. and anything less is this is shite and you know don't get it again
0: i get that i'm actually uh, i cracked open a uh a funky buddha pink grapefruit hard seltzer um watching my figure actually slimming down which just feels great but uh yeah really for hard. i'm not a hard seltzer guy but the funky buddha i've had a bunch of them by the way i'm not just saying this because like i'm a snob i've had the white claw i've had the mick ultra seltzer bud light seltzer um i have not touched the Natty light seltzer because no <laughs> but like when a craft brewery comes out with and you can argue craft all you want but when a craft brew like funky Buddha comes out with a hard seltzer i'm gonna try it and of the hard seltzers by far the best i've had so they're not great, but they'll they'll get you they'll get you where you need to get to, and they're actually not terrible. So, Mike, for this recording, I have actually written three trivia questions just for you. Aw. So your trivia questions are in two different categories. You're gonna get two category two questions in the category of American presidents, and sandwich in the middle, I'm gonna give you a question on baseball.
1: <laughs> You're putting you're putting them in my wheelhouse because it makes you it gives you much more ability to shame me when I get them wrong, aren't you?
0: Oh yes, and as our listeners will find out in episode two of Hot Seat Round Two, Mike's favorite football stadium is Lombardi Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> that was part of the brain turning to mush. Uh, part of should have taken the, the hot timeout. Seat. Right, I should have taken the timeout. You're right
0: here. Is your first question. Who was the sitting president when the Great Depression started?
1: Alright. I want to back up for a second. Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers.
0: Oh, and they it's... should have named the field after him. Is that what you're saying?
1: I'm just saying Lombardi and Lambeau, they're close. Yeah. It's... And Stanley
0: Kubrick was a director, just like Alfred Hitchcock. We can play this <laughs> game all day long. Iconic in their field. Yeah, I get it. Answer the damn trivia question.
1: Damn you, Herbert Hoover, for fuck's sake.
0: (laughs) Herbert Hoover is a correct answer. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again.
1: Yeah, he certainly does suck. (laughs) Still one of my favorite questions. Oh, my gosh. I loved that. I loved writing that question so much.
0: Herbert Hoover is a correct answer. Mike, on to question number two. The first Baseball Hall of Fame class included five notable players from the early days. But when you see their plaques at the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, they are positioned with what player in the middle?
1: I mean, let's see. I used to be able to name all five. Um, and now I, I know Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, I think Christy Mathewson, was it Walter Johnson and Honus Wagner? Something like that. Um, but bottom line is, I feel like you're going to put Babe Ruth in the middle because he was the larger than, li- I mean, all, all great players, but he was the larger than life member of that original class. So I feel like you would have to put Babe Ruth in the middle.
0: So first off, props for getting all five members correct. Well,
2: I did. I wasn't sure. You did.
0: You did. Uh, people always kinda leave off the gentleman Christy Matthewson and I don't understand why. Um, maybe for um Lou Gehrig instead, but no. Uh the gentleman Christy Matthewson should be on there. Babe Ruth is not a correct answer, though.
1: Is it Ty Cobb?
0: It is Ty the racist cobb.
1: That was gonna be my that would that was gonna be my second guess. I was I was sitting here thinking, is Babe Ruth too obvious? Should I go with Ty Cobb? But it just it felt like You
0: know, that's right, Mike. Your third and final question for your part of this recording is this. Nan Britton wrote what is considered to be the first kiss and tell book titled The President's Daughter. It was written in 1927 and detailed her long term affair with what U.S. president. He ended up fathering a child while he was in the Senate one year prior to becoming president.
1: Nan Britton.
0: Nan Britton, N A N B R I T T O N was her name. She was in a long term affair with what US president that stemmed back from their time his time in the Senate, where he fathered her child.
1: And she published this this book was published in nineteen twenty seven? The
0: book was published in nineteen twenty seven, becoming the first uh real kiss and tell
1: uh
0: type of book.
1: Okay. Um well sitting president in 27 you're uh that would have been um uh coolidge He's definitely not a sitting president uh this is uh i mean i don't i don't think coolidge would have been awake long enough to father (laughs) he probably did i don't know he just has the reputation of of he slept 14 hours a day and actually i i I like Coolidge. He's he's cool. Um, hmm. See, th- th- what it, what's it, what I'm finding interesting is this was the era when a lot more you didn't have as many presidents that were coming coming out of the Senate. Uh, we've had several. Uh, well, two out of the last three. Um. Uh, so, uh, 27. Coolidge was president. Would it have been? I, I don't know a lot about many of the presidents of this era prior to them having been president. Uh, when I hear the president's daughter, uh, the first president that, po- that that pops into my head weirdly is um, uh, Grover Cleveland because I thought that the, uh, the baby Ruth candy bar was purportedly named after his daughter. And not Babe Ruth, which is they made a joke about uh, in the movie The Babe, I remember. Um, I think it was Grover Cleveland's daughter, but Grover Cleveland was president almost 40 years before this book would have come out. And so that doesn't seem like a correct answer. Uh, So let's let's work our way back. I'm kind of leaning towards Harding because he was already so scandal-ridden anyway. Before that would have been Wilson, could have been. I mean, it could have been Wilson. I was but I the the problem I'm running into. I don't remember whether or not any of these guys were in the Senate. Um, I don't think Harding was in the Senate though. I'm going to say Woodrow Wilson.
0: Oh, you should have gone with your first instinct. It was it Warren was Harding. Harding.
1: Damn. Ah.
0: Apparently the gentleman the the gentleman I say that you term me loosely. I talked
1: myself out of it. Damn it. Uh
0: was that was apparently not the only woman he was having an affair with. Oh. Uh he apparently got around despite being what is described online as relatively plain looking had a way with words. So I guess props to pots. you. Yeah, so they uh the family didn't cuz Harding died young. Like yeah, I, I think, well, He
1: died. And that's how that's when Coolidge took yeah, over because Harding he, died in office. It
0: happened. This book came out after he died and Harding's wife, like, denied it, denied it. And then it was only recently, like in the last 10 or 15 years, where DNA testing was able to prove that, yes, that is, in fact, his daughter. Oh, OK. So um, she uh, actually got shunned by a lot of people for claiming it, as you can imagine. Sure. Um, and it took dna testing well after she passed to prove that she was not lying it was 100% true but mike you are done you are off the hot seat you are off of the hot seat revisited you have gone through your trivia questions i'm hoping you're looking forward to the hot seat round 2
1: i am but i'm i'm still kicking myself for going, for talking myself out of the correct answer on that last one but
0: i would one out of three,
1: one out of 3 ain't bad I guess that's that was the first draft of the meatloaf song before he realized that no one out of three ain't bad in baseball. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) as uh, my favorite one, my favorite baseball movie, 61, when uh, Roger Maris's wife said to him, you're batting one out of three so far for seeing the birth of your children in baseball, I'd get you in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yep. But uh, everyone, we will be back here in just a couple of seconds with the next uh, revisited contestant. Until then, have a good one. And we're back. And this time we are joined by what can only be described as, if there was one, the winner of the round one of the Pub Trivia Experience Hot Seat Challenge. Steven, my friend, how you doing? And uh, what tasty beverage is gracing your hand?
2: I'm doing great. I don't like to think of myself as the winner, much less as the only person who's not a loser. You know, that's really what I get through. And that's why I get to reward myself with the delicious Diet Mountain Dew.
0: Oh, that is like a, that is your, that is your old steady. That's your old reliable. That would be your daily drink. That's my go-to. It's, and it's good.
2: You know, it's, you have one good. at breakfast, you have one at lunch, oh you have three or four after dinner, you know, just like everyone else.
0: My God, Stephen. Your body is half caffeine.
2: Yeah, but I think if I work on it, I can break the 60 percentile.
0: Oh, I'm, you're halfway there. You're probably actually okay. more than half. You're probably closer to 55 by now. So
2: I want to be as much caffeine as Darth Vader was machine. Oh, so.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that, I'm ready for Obi Wan. Like, I am 100% ready for Obi Wan.
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I saw Solo, so these center. Disney's been very hit or miss with all of their Disney uh their Star Wars franchises.
0: So we can agree they've been pretty hit with the television shows.
2: Ah, uh, I guess.
0: The Mandalorian uh, I, dude, uh, The Mandalorian's good. It's really good. Mandalorian's
2: good. I do have a problem with the Mandalorian.
0: Not a bad batch fan.
2: Not a bad batch fan. No.
0: Eh, I get it. I couldn't I, I tried. I couldn't get into it either, but hey. Uh Steven. I want to go over what your what the what your overall performance was like. So like I said, when it comes to the main the main category, which is the mo- the percentage correct, you ended up with 102 correct answers and 61 incorrect answers. Your accuracy percentage was 63%. Which is pretty damn good, considering these questions are all over the place and you have no time to think. You got through 163 questions, which I think is the most out of anybody. I'll have to go back and double-check that. Uh, During the recording itself, your best streak, you rattled off eight correct answers in a row, and you never got more than five wrong in a row, which really helps you get to that 63% because you had a lot more of those streaks where it was much more the former and less the latter. Now, where does that let you where does that keep you as far as standing goes for the Pub Trivia Experience hot seat challenge as a whole? Let's take a look. So you hold the record right now for the most correct answers with 102, the most questions answered at 163, and the best correct percentage at, at uh, sorry, the best correct percentage at 63%, sorry. So three of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine categories that we are tracking, you won in, sir. That's got to feel pretty good.
2: I felt really good, and then he told me I'm not number one in six of them. What the hell's going on with that?
0: Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lauren Carey is going on with that. Lauren Carey is going on with that. She had a uh, some really, really solid streaks. Um, to put this into reference, though, so you had eight correct answers in a row. That puts you in that puts you actually in second. But Mike Mott went on a streak where he had 15 correct answers in a row. And he still finished just below you at 62 percent accurate. So, oh, Steven, yeah. this was you know, this this was new. This was a new experiment for us. Talk me through what, what did you think of it? And uh, is it something that you would do again?
2: yeah, it's absolutely something to do again, because it's a lot of fun. Um, I I note that my strategy of simply trying to answer as many questions as possible kind of paid off. So I'm going to continue to do that in the future. Um, But yeah, absolutely. It's it's a a lot of fun. And you probably, if people have listened to the podcast, they know that sometimes it takes me a long time to come to an answer. So this is a completely different way of thinking for me. And it was quite challenging.
0: Yeah, but you did a hell of a good job. Like, I I walked out of that, and I even, like, out of your recording, I walked out of that, and I texted Mike, and I said, Mike, you lost. Um, And he goes, really? I'm like, yeah, Steven went on a roll. Like, he just, he didn't go on any of those long streaks where you just had a bunch of incorrect answers in a row, which is awesome. Um, You never got more than five wrong, but you definitely had more of those, you know, five, six, seven right before you'd get a wrong answer, and that's what led to that 63%. That was a hell of a showing, man. That really was. Oh, yeah, I'll take that any day. And, Steve, we're doing uh, – so You'll we're going to be talking here in the next couple of weeks because we're going back to the hot seat. We're going to be doing another round of the hot seat challenge. And you're obviously going to be invited back, and we're hoping that you're going to be here and defend some of your championships. But before we get to that, I did write three trivia questions for you. And there's no time limit here. You can talk them out, whatever you want to do. Are you ready?
2: Sure, let's do this.
0: All right. I'm going to offer some clarification on this question because I don't like the way I originally wrote it. Your category That's a good start. is in U.S. history. What alliterative named president was the first president in the line of succession or in the line of uh, time served to have a presidential library? He was the earliest serving president to have a presidential library but he was actually the fourth president to have their library opened. Does that make sense?
2: Okay. An alliterative president. Well, that kind of eliminates way down. Um, let's see.
0: And I've got a uh, hint if you would uh, like the hint.
2: I feel like the presidential library is a fairly recent thing. Um, I'm going to take kind of a swing here and just going to go with Woodrow Wilson.
0: Not a bad guess. It's not correct. I'm gonna give you the hint and see if this jogs your memory though. Okay. The first president to have a presidential library, uh, as far as when it opened, is the gentleman that took over for this president.
2: Gentleman that took over for that president.
0: Yeah, so his successor was the first okay. president to have a library opened.
2: Well, if it's a really recent thing, could it be Ronald Reagan then?
0: Unfortunately not. The the answer that we're looking for and uh, as friends of all in the family will recognize, uh, it was actually Herbert Hoover. Hoover? Okay. Herbert Hoover, his presidential library opened 26 years after Franklin Delano Roosevelt's did. Hoover was well into his 80s when it finally opened, and that's opened up in Iowa, actually, of all places, because I believe that's where he's from. So yeah, Stephen, that kind
2: of feels right for Hoover.
0: It does. It does. I agree. Uh, We're moving on to question number two for you. Question number two, your category is in movies. Much to Stephen's chagrin, we all know that hashtag release the Snyder Cut worked and convinced Warner Brothers to allow Zack Snyder to finish his version of the movie The Justice League. The hashtag release the butthole cut is a comical hashtag about what film?
2: Release the butthole cut. Okay. Release the butthole cut. So what film is missing a butthole? Cut?
0: Or several buttholes.
2: Or several buttholes, I guess, yeah. Uh, release the butthole cut. So the only thing I can think of... <sighs> Is like the in butthole from Psycho. But I don't think that's a... I can't imagine. I think you can see the butthole, so...
0: Kevin Smith proved you can, in fact, see the butthole. It's
2: the butthole cut. Um, Yeah, I've got no clue. I'll have to bump here.
0: So this was a comical hashtag... That gained notoriety after this movie was released and subsequently bombed despite having an amazing cast. It is the movie version of the Broadway musical Cats, in which the cats have no buttholes. Not a single well, butthole.
2: That's not real. As a cat owner, I can tell you there's a lot of butthole looking at. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately not. Furthermore,
2: who the fuck thought making Cats? I'm going to go over it. Who the fuck thought making Cats was a good idea? It doesn't have a plot. The whole problem with Cats is it doesn't have a goddamn plot. It's a collection of poems written by a neo-Nazi. I hate that. I hate that fucking play. It's such a stupid play. It's a popular play because 11-year-olds like it, and you can take it to them cheap on a matinee. That's the only reason it ran long. It's a terrible play. Let's stop pretending it's art. It's not good. It's got one song that people know because all the other songs are shit.
0: Well, you can hear more of Steven's opinions on Cats and other Broadway musicals on an upcoming episode or an upcoming month of Boozy Bracketology, where at some point in the next couple of months we're going to be diving into the best Broadway musical, and I'm sure Stephen will grace us with more of his opinions. They're not opinions, they're right. That's true, that's true. That actually, what you just said there right there is a damn fact. Stephen, we're moving on to question number three, and this is tangentially entertainment. H. John Benjamin is a voice actor best known for his work on Bob's Burgers, Archer, and as a sentient can of vegetables in the movie Wet Hot American Summer. Recently, he lent his dulcet tones and face to commercials for what fast food company?
2: Trying to remember what that voice was like. See, the problem is I don't watch Bob Berger, so...
0: Oh, really? That, that kind of, for me at least, screamed right up your alley.
2: No, it doesn't. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's still the voice of Coach McGurk from um, Home Movies, if, I, if I'm remembering it right. And I did watch the hell of, of Home Movies, I didn't like that. Uh, uh, what the hell is... What commercial is he on? It would be a lot easier if I had to cut the cord. I know got a new guy but that doesn't sound right so the only so like has got that new guy but it doesn't sound right the only like that kind of, of my head is I think the I want to say it's well, we got the meats Arby's because it doesn't quite sound like Coach McGurk but it's deep enough it could be yeah. so I'm going to go with Arby's
0: and Arby's is a correct answer we have the meats is oh, accurate. Nicely done. Good pull. That yeah, doesn't sound
2: I, enough. But yeah, I'll take it. Okay.
0: I, I purposely made yours a little bit harder because I wanted to test you. And, Stephen, I am impressed. Nicely done. Well, Stephen, we're going to well, get. those
2: first two, we're going <laughs> <laughs> to
0: Sorry. But we will be getting <laughs> you back. We'll be having another hot seat episode. You can find Stephen and his strong opinions in the October Boozy Bracketology where we are discussing the best horror movie with a strong female performance. And Stephen and I have already butted heads on a couple of occasions. We're going to butt heads even more.
2: I feel like there's only one butt head in that, but okay. Damn.
0: Stephen, thank you for jumping on and playing with us tonight, man. We appreciate it. We will uh, be back here in just a few seconds with the next contestant. Until then, have a good one. And we're back. And I am joined not by Mike this time, but I am joined by my lovely wife, Leah. Leah, babe, how you doing? What are you drinking?
3: Hey everyone, I'm doing awesome. Um, I'm currently recovering from a sinus infection, so I am drinking one of my new favorite drinks. It is a little bit of water mixed in with some sugar. I don't remember sugar free grape Kool Aid. Yeah, sugar free grape kool-aid that we bought in bulk from amazon it's
0: delicious too we
3: literally have boxes of them so I'm ju- i am drink it every night and oh it's, great. it's
0: so good it's so good
3: and it definitely doesn't feel like you're drinking sugar-free stuff so
0: no it tastes it tastes like legit kool-aid i love it there's yeah. a reason i bought it in bulk
3: isn't there didn't kool-aid get canceled for some reason though are we not supposed to like kool-aid i don't know okay well
0: I can't keep track of what gets canceled anymore. I know, it's so Unless hard. it's like major, I can't just can't, can't keep just track of it. People just need to
3: stop making stupid choices or stop being stupid.
0: I agree, but people are going to be stupid. Stupid's going to stupid, Leah.
3: Oh, and I'm drinking it out of my Rays um, turvis tumbler because I'm waiting to see if the Rays clinch the playoffs. This,
0: they um, already clinched.
3: Tonight. Did they tonight?
0: Yeah, they already clinched.
3: Awesome! Yay! Huh then yay
0: go raise go raise let's go raise into the playoffs because uh, my cubbies didn't make it so i'm rooting for the race now yay go raise and i know two of your players so yeah phillips oh three yeah uh, uh randy Arena and kevin kiermaier yeah and i think that's it i don't think i know any other rays wow i'm a good tampa sports fan but leah so you sat in on the hot seat what was your what were your thoughts uh now that you've had like a month or two to kind of sit back and kind of take in how the, the actual episodes themselves laid out.
3: Well, as I was playing the hot seat, I thought I did awesome. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm getting a lot of these questions right. I feel like I'm going pretty fast. Um, I was very confident that I was going to have high scores on the hot seat.
0: <laughs> well, I have your scores here. Uh, as everyone knows, friend of the show, Mr. Tim Dipple, has... Put thanks, all of our short yeah thanks, thank you, Tim. Put all of our scores together <laughs> uh leah unfortunately, uh you only made the bracket, you only made the uh, the scoreboard for one particular uh category, but I'm gonna go through so in your hot seat round 45 minutes you went through 153 questions you had 72 correct 81 incorrect so your actual correct percentage was 47%
3: Hey that's better than my winning percentage with the pub trivia experience I think I'm only at the 24% of how many times I've actually won a pub <laughs> trivia experience game so hey that's 40% that's that's great
0: This is where this is this is the thing that I like cuz uh, you and I are, are very similar here um, you never had more than six correct answers in a row but you never gave more than five wrong answers in a row. Like we were pretty consistent where we never went on like a long streak, either right or wrong. We stayed pretty consistent, which is nice. Okay, cool. So your 47% uh, streak. your 47% uh, correct. Sh- correct streak is actually the lowest on the team, lowest on the, the round one. So 47%. That's still not bad. Um, I think I was around 51%, so I think we're pretty damn close.
3: So what you're saying is that I just won a Razzie?
0: Close. Close. Close to a Razzie. Um, What's the runner-up to a Razzie? I don't know. Uh, It doesn't matter.
3: Wait, so I wasn't the worst? No, you were. Oh, then why am I a runner-up to a Razzie? I should win the freaking Razzie. That's true. Podcast Razzie. Make it happen. Give me a trophy. Damn
0: it. (laughs) I will find you a trophy. But Leah, uh, did you enjoy it? Did you have fun?
3: Yeah, I really enjoy it. I like the fast pace. Um, One of the things that kind of irritates me at trivia a lot, and sometimes our podcast, is when people take a really long time to talk (laughs) out answers. For me, I either know it or I don't. It's very rare that I'm like, ooh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Let me logic to it. No, I either know it or I don't. Um, So I really like the speed rounds. Um, It just works better for me because you could give me 10 minutes on a question and I'm never going to logic to it um, if I don't know it. Um, but if I do know it, I'll know it right off the bat. So I like the speed rounds.
0: Hey, speed rounds are fun. I, I, I agree. I think speed rounds are actually a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun putting this on. I thought it was a really fun uh, experiment. But Leah, uh, in appreciation of you and your participation in the hot seat, I have written three trivia questions for you on a topic that i know is something that you absolutely love super and your topic leah is going to be the gilmore girls
3: that's so fun have you actually watched the gilmore girls like ever
0: uh, only when it's on tv and you're watching it
3: oh, okay or you've heard me and your sister discussing it maybe
0: yeah I, I think i know more about gilmore girls from that than anything else but uh leah you have got a, a handful of questions here three of them to be exact I'm going to caution you by saying, well, I am writing trivia questions about your favorite one of your favorite television shows. I am writing them about your least favorite character as all three of these questions revolve around Rory.
3: Ugh. Yeah, she's the worst.
0: <laughs> she's not she, she's not the best character.
3: And honestly, when she's on the screen, I don't pay attention to her plot all that much, so we'll Uh-oh. see how I do on these.
0: Well, Leah, here we go. You got three questions. First one. After sharing her first kiss with Dean, what cooking item does Rory shoplift?
3: Oh.
0: You she, either know it or you don't remember.
3: I know. She has something in her hand. I want to say it's like cornstarch or something boring like that. I don't I don't remember. I'm just gonna say cornstarch.
0: Cornstarch is a correct answer. Oh good. So, in my research, apparently that box of cornstarch is in her... She has, I guess, a box for her ex-boyfriends. It's in her Dean box.
3: Oh, that makes sense. Because I know that when they break up, she's getting rid of all of her stuff. And there's, like, some kind of stuffed animal or something that Dean once touched when she, he came over to her room or something like that. And that was in the... I don't know. It was really dumb.
0: Is this, like, what actual women do?
3: I guess teenagers do this. I, okay. I didn't have boys in my room as a teenager. I was not cool, so I wouldn't have had a box like this. But... <laughs> Shocking, I know. All you listeners out there thought I was just, like, Miss in high school, but I was not.
0: Here we go. Question number two. Finally meeting her in the, in the then-series finale, what journalist and two-time Peabody Award recipient does Rory idolize?
3: So it's, uh, I always mess up her name, so I hope I get points for getting close to it. But it's Christiana Amanpour?
0: That is correct. Is that, did I say it semi-correctly? I think it's Christiana. It's Chris- not Christiana.
3: Christiana Ampoor, Ammanpur, poor So I just combined the two, Chris- Christian poor
0: That is correct. Nicely done.
3: Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's it's very cheesy in the finale, but she talks about her throughout various stages in the series. So she wants to be a big international news reporter, like her.
0: How's that working out for you've seen the re- You've seen the reboot.
3: <clears throat> well, she went on tour on the Barack Obama campaign, so that was like the highlight. And then um, in the next ten years, she essentially did nothing i'm assuming that's what i got out of it and then in the finale or in the revival guess what she does nothing she <laughs> sleeps with a wookie is that your next question no does she sleep with she has a one night scene with a wookie
0: no none of these questions here are related to the reboot okay because i would have to dig deeper into this well and i really wasn't going and to I do that and i did not pay attention to a lot of the reboot we're well, moving on leah to your last question while at Yale, Rory's boyfriend, Logan, was a member of what fictional secret society?
3: The Life and Death Brigade.
0: The Life and Death Brigade is correct. I thought these were going to be harder.
3: Yeah, no, the Life and Death Brigade, it's a pretty... I actually like that episode. I do not like her and Logan, FYI. Um, but the, when they first have their like little rendezvous, it's at a Life and Death Brigade like, excursion in the woods. and it's, That's an actually really good um, episode. And it's where I get the phrase, you jump, I jump, Jack. And then they... They hold hands, and they hold an umbrella, and they jump off of a big wooden platform.
0: I think thing. I've seen that episode. And the umbrella,
3: yeah, like, carries them down, and they don't actually die.
0: So I think, um, I don't think, like, what I was reading was that, that this particular point of the of Rory's uh, life, the fictional life that she has, uh, a lot of people don't like it because it's very out of character for her.
3: Yeah, and, well, and that's the thing. Like, she was dating Dean at the time after he cheated on her, or cheated on his wife with her, and then they were having, like, a long distance thing, but he was, like, the small town boy, and she was off at college, and then she ends up being, like, interested, kind of in Logan, but more so, like, I just want to experience something that's different, and that's what attracts her to Logan, is that he's part of this really exciting life and death brigade that's, like, generations of rich Yale people have been a part of It's basically like the Skull and Bones, but they don't really do anything good. They're all just, like, reckless, and They do stupid things all the time and immature things, and they go like parachuting without a parachute. So they're
0: they're college kids with money.
3: College kids with money, yes. And then they use their parents' like influence to get them out of jail and stuff like that when they get in trouble for things.
0: And one day, one of them will be a fictional president. Well, Leah, that is going to bring us to the end of our recording here. We're going to be back with our next uh, contestant, but are you ready for round two of the hot seat?
3: Round two. Wait, what we're doing it again
0: we're well, yeah damn right we're doing it again it was a lot of fun the first time
3: cool what's gonna be the topic
0: there's no topic it's the exact same thing
3: oh it's just gonna be random general questions Okay. general
0: knowledge trivia we're gonna do it again we're getting the band back together
3: okay so my goal is gonna to be to be what percentage 47 47 okay i'm ready i i'm not, not right now your
0: heart your hot seat starts right now <laughs> yeah, no
3: i'm definitely not ready right now but i'll, I'll be ready
0: okay <laughs> when you go,
3: when, when you tell me 10 minutes ahead of time hey Leah we're recording tonight I'll be ready
0: <laughs> I am a planner through and through well ladies and gentlemen we'll be back with the next participant stay tuned bye hey everybody we're back you're mocking me you're openly mocking me on my own <laughs> podcast <laughs> Well, if you can't talk about that maniacal laugh, we are joined by the one and only host of the beard not the one and only, one of the two hosts of the Beard Owl podcast. The one and only Lauren, Carrie. Lauren, how you doing? And you know what I'm asking. What you drinking?
4: Oh, well, first of all, I am wonderful. And um I I know I host a show about beer, but I am currently drinking some Yellowtail Shiraz. Uh it's a it's yeah. Um, As Monty Python once said, people often poo-poo the Australian table wines, but I love them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, you got a Monty Python reference in there, and I didn't see it coming. Holy crap, that was great. <laughs>
4: yeah, so that, that's what I have, because, you know, it's – a weeknight evening, you know. I like to have some wine in Jeopardy and
0: uh. So I'm three or four episodes back on Jeopardy, but the last episode I saw Emojo won like with like a twenty-five thousand dollar lead.
4: Oh yeah. Um I mean there's no spoilers, right? Because yeah. Uh it's as far as like he's still winning. Um
0: Yeah. I... Holtower's not happy, I saw.
4: Well. <laughs> I... <laughs> But I was going to say, oh, yeah, Final Jeopardy the other day, like, I was super pumped for myself because it was uh, – with uh, a new studio album in 2020, the category was Rock Legends. And with a new studio album in 2020, he uh, became, you know, the first male artist to have a top five album in uh, six consecutive decades with the first being in 1975. And I'm like, I didn't even have to think about it. And the reason I'm leaning over is because I literally own Letter to You by Bruce Springsteen on vinyl. And so they finished the thing, and I was like, Springsteen. And then one of the people said Dylan. And I'm like, Dylan's first album was way before 75. And then the other person said Bowie. And I'm like, well, he's dead. And... (laughs) Then Matt Amodio said Springsteen. And I was like, thank you, sir. That is correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you have a, a very eclectic music taste. Have you been told that before?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because like right next to Springsteen is my current obsession, which is also I have here on vinyl, True by Spandau Ballet. Okay. The worst song on the album True by Spandau Ballet is True. Is it really? Yeah, that's the hit. And it's the worst song on this album can i it's a bop it slaps
0: oh my god don't do that don't <laughs> do that oh steven no i was listening to, to to tell you how deep my still waters run i was listening today at work um i got up and it was feeling like a good day so i put on it was a good day by ice cube okay. and then my day quickly turned to shit so i turned on bad habit by the offspring and i felt better I felt ah. better after listening to Bad Habit because you can't hear that song if you're stressed and come out feeling anything but happy.
4: Right, exactly, exactly. And and that's the one that's a great thing that music can do, you know. And I found I have a certain vibe that I need like when I'm working and I have spent the past like 2 weeks basically flip-flopping between Spend LA's True <laughs> and uh No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. Okay. Yeah, uh, no,
0: ta- no, take off your pants and jacket by Blink One Eighty Two. No, that didn't no, make no, it. no, no,
4: no, no, because I mean, no jacket required. So I mean, you know, why did they? Why were they wearing it in the first place to have to <laughs> take it off?
0: Valid point, well, Lauren. <laughs> you, uh, you survived the hot seat. I know it's been a minute because we did that recording before I left for vacation, but you survived the hot seat. Tell me, what was your experience like?
4: Oh well, I will tell you first of all, I was I podcast a lot okay so i i'm on a lot of things a lot of times and i think this was the first time in a long time that uh coming into my little room to podcast i was legitimately nervous for what about what was about to happen to me uh, uh because i'm fine having a conversation with somebody like you and i are having now but knowing that it was going to be rapid fire trivia questions and I would get like one break and the questions were just going to keep coming at me and coming at me and coming at me. I was having a little like anxiety is not the word because it wasn't like technically that, but I was just, it was like, Oh, this is not as comfortable as I'm used to being. Yep. But once we got into it and stuff like that, and again, when I, once I knew you weren't keeping score, uh, I felt more <laughs> comfortable with it, I was just like, oh, this is fun. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there are no stakes here. And then, of course, Tim uh,
0: had to keep score for himself. Yeah, I want to make it abundantly clear. I did not ask Tim to keep score, but I am somewhat happy he did.
2: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Um, Especially since I got confirmation that, uh, I think you're going to confirm it for me here, that I did not do poorly.
0: You did not. I did poorly. So... <laughs> Um, so there were six categories that Tim, tep- Tim kept scoring. So it was the most number of correct answers, incorrect answers, the total number of questions that you got through, the overall difference between correct and incorrect, what the best streak is. In other words, the most questions you got right, and then the most questions you got wrong for your worst streak. Lauren, you finished with three of the top six. So three of those you came in first place. And I'm going to run through your scores real quick. So it, throughout the round... You made it through 112 questions. You got 63% of those questions correct. Um, you had a, a 70 correct answers, 42 incorrect. Your best streak in a row was actually five. So you hit five questions in a row right, but the where you kind of caught everybody is your worst streak that you got wrong in a row was three. You never got more than three questions wrong in a row, which is impressive, and also why I'm a little bit mad at you.
4: <laughs>
0: because I had that record until your episode aired because I had only gotten four <laughs> wrong in a row. And so i was gonna be I was gonna be on this episode having someone ask me questions, but no, 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 you took that from me um, I'm
4: sorry.
0: yeah i am a little I'm a little hurt I'm a little well, offended
4: I, uh I mean, it's your show. I mean, you can't have the records on your own show.
0: that's I a good think. point, so lauren uh, the real quick, the ones that you got you had the record for fewest incorrect answers with forty two nice, not bad at all. You had the record for the worst correct streak, which is, I'm sorry, he apparently had more than six. And the newest, this one here, he sent like seven or eight. The worst correct streak. So the smallest streak you got was five in a row that you got right. Yeah. And then the one that you did the best on was the best incorrect streak. You never went more than three without getting any, without getting an answer right, which is awesome.
4: Oh, so I. I was basically, I was very consistent. I didn't have you very were. high peaks, but I didn't have very low lows either. Yeah, I was you, pretty much even keel. You were,
0: you were you were a 300 hitter. You would hit at the top of a lineup in a baseball lineup. Nice. So really, really nicely done. Uh, yeah, you kept both Tim and I out of uh, contention for any of the records. So thank you for that.
2: <laughs> awesome job, <laughs> See, though. See,
4: Tim wouldn't be out of contention for any records if he didn't keep record of the records.
0: That's true. Tim, this is kind of on you. Yep. But, Lauren, to celebrate, I have written you three trivia questions, and you're gonna be shocked to hear this. But your three questions are all about
4: beer. Oh my god! I know nothing about that.
0: I know that's why I wrote <laughs> these just for you to mess up and to make me feel better. Yay! We're gonna go. We're gonna jump right in here, okay? Okay. Uh, question number one: What is the name of the fictional beer that is consumed at most tavern on The Simpsons? And yes, Mike Mott definitely has a giant stuffed beer bottle from this distillery.
4: Uh, Duff.
0: That is definitely Duff beer. And if I can dig up a picture, I have a picture of Mike Mott, all five foot five of him. Oh, holding... is he
4: really that short?
0: Oh, he's tiny. He is. Oh,
4: he's taller than me still. But
0: and yeah, that's not saying a whole lot. But yeah, he he he's he's, no. he's five five. I think Nikki is five foot five one. But yeah, they're 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 both tiny. They're
3: the wee little moths.
0: They are the wee little malts. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've known them for I a while. I, I can do that. I can do that. Love you, yeah, Mike and Nikki. Uh. All right. Question number two. In what German city is the world's largest beer festival, Oktoberfest, traditionally celebrated?
4: I'm going to guess. Oh, crap. Munich?
0: Munich is a correct answer. Nicely done. Oh, thank God. And the last question for you. While most Americans have never heard of it, Snow Lager is actually the best-selling beer in the world. What country does this beer come from?
4: Snow? Like S-N-O-W?
0: S-N-O-W Lager.
4: Uh, I truly have no idea on this one. You're definitely getting me on this one. So I'm going to guess. I'm just going to guess. Iceland.
0: The most popular beer in the world. The best selling beer in the world comes from Iceland.
4: Why not? Einstock is good.
0: (laughs) It is. And I've always wanted to go to Reykjavik, but unfortunately not a correct answer. Uh, This one, pretty simple and straightforward. It's from China. Snow is the interpretation of what that is. It is is a Chinese lager, and it is the best-selling beer in the world, presumably because everyone in China drinks it.
4: Oh, okay. All right. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, gosh, I wouldn't have gotten that for all the beer in China.
0: Uh, Apparently, there's a lot of it. A lot (laughs) of it. But, Lauren, (laughs) you made it through the hot seat. You've now made it through Hot Seat Revisited. Thank you for coming on. But you have a, if if I'm not mistaken here, you had a guest on the Beard Out podcast recently. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, so uh, let's see. October 1st, obviously, the first day of the month that we celebrate all month-long Weird Al's birthday, we kicked off our Weird Al Trivia Palooza. And my teammate for the Weird Al Trivia Palooza was the one and only Mike Mott. And (laughs) part one, of course, came out on uh, October 1st. And since we talked a lot... It was a very long recording. I decided to split, di- split it into two episodes. And so part two uh, will be coming out on October 8th, where you will just have to, I guess, stay tuned for dun, 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 the stunning conclusion of the Weird Al Palooza. Yeah, so I had Mike on. I uh, He was my partner. John was partnered up with Tim. And um, then we had two wonderful gentlemen by the names of Eric and Matt, uh, who... Wrote a very difficult Weird Al trivia game for all of us to play. And uh, it was very confusing for me having a mic and a mat. And I did make a mistake once. And uh, <laughs> Mike let me hear about it because he was like, thanks, teammate. Remember my name. And I was like, oh, my God. Because I was looking at Matt, but I was talking to Mike. And it was just very, um, yeah, good times. But, yeah, the episode is, gr- is wonderful. Um, learned a lot of things. The people will learn a lot of things. And, yeah, there was a lot of beer.
0: That's as it should be, as recording should be. Uh Um, Although on this recording, I am, of course, sipping my bourbon. But hey, no one's perfect. I like my bourbon. I like my beer, too. Lauren... I have wine right now, so... So Hey, there you go. I actually have... We're doing another recording later on tonight, and I actually might be cracking a bottle of wine for that. We'll see. Krakatoa! Krakatoa... No.
4: No, that's what John says whenever we crack cans open. He goes, Krakatoa!
0: (laughs) That is a John. That is totally a John thing to do. Yes, one hundred percent. Although I, I am happy. Um, I saw a really cute picture. Was it you and John clinking a beer over your father's heads while he wore your your beard Owl podcast shirt? I'm still John. I'm still Lauren. Yes.
4: That, yes. And he. If that was a surprise party. First of all, number one, our dad. Uh, he just recently celebrated his sixtieth birthday. Woohoo. He did. Yeah. 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 He. Did not know that he was having a party, number one. And he did not know that I was flying up from Florida for this surprise party. So everybody, you know, did the surprise. And then uh, I popped up from behind a table and surprised him even further. And then <laughs> I was surprised to see that he was wearing the shirt that had me and John on it as cartoons saying, I'm still John and I'm still Lauren. And I was like, oh, this, like the universe just lined up beautifully beautifully for us to make take that picture
0: awesome that was i I saw that and it really made me made me smile because your dad on twitter is like hilarious
4: he's so funny i don't know i don't he's just like really leaned into the skid with that
0: (laughs) he's embracing being the the dad with adult children is what it is he's really embracing it he truly
4: is he truly is and he's doing a very good job with it hi dad Huh. (laughs)
0: Well, Lauren, we are going to be back uh, in the coming couple of months with more of the Hot Seat episodes. We're going to Hot Seat Round 2, and this will be an official invite back. If you want to come back and play Hot Seat Trivia with us, you're welcome back as we continue to expand and extend what the Hot Seat looks like here on the Pub Trivia Experience.
4: I would be happy to put my tush in that Hot Seat once again.
0: That is an interesting way to put it. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with the last person Mr. Tim Dipple, stay tuned.
4: Yay, I love Tim.
0: And we're back. We are back with the last participant on the pub trivia experience hot seat and our scorekeeper Mr. Tim Dipple. Tim, my friend, how you doing? And uh if you are drinking, tell me what it is or if you're not drinking, what would you be drinking right now if you could?
5: I am I'm doing all right today, Chris. I'm uh Still working from home periodically and, you know, hoping we can get past this pandemic one day.
0: One day, um, hopefully.
5: Today I am just drinking some uh, water with a little bit of lemon juice in it.
0: You're better than me. I just have a glass of water here because I'm coming down. I was uh, recording earlier. I had my bourbon. Now I'm just kind of coming down. Gotcha. But Tim, you were the the de facto. We didn't ask, I'm making this abundantly clear because I made it abundantly clear, clear to Lauren as well. We didn't ask you to keep score.
5: Oh, no, I just can't help myself. <laughs> uh, the moment we finished recording, like, I think the next day I listened to the raw audio of the Skype session and just drew up a quick Excel spreadsheet. I went, how did I do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you managed to keep it for literally everybody else.
5: Yeah, it, 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 it happens that way. So it's, it's been fun seeing how I stack up against everybody else.
0: You had a really good performance. So You ended up getting through 125 questions. You got 60% of your questions right. Uh, obviously, that means 40% wrong. Um, you were kind of a, a little bit streaky. You had a point where you got eight questions in a row right, and then you had a yep. point where you hit six questions in a row wrong. So yeah, a streaky performance, but you know what? You live for those highs. You live for the, those lows. You are the, the riverboat gambler of uh, hot seat contestants.
5: Yeah, and that that uh that streak of six wrong was right towards the end there. Uh-huh. Um so I I mean I actually keep track of which questions I got right and wrong. I couldn't tell you which what the questions were, but like you know, that that streak of six was questions 114 to 119 Jeez. of 125. So I kind of just hit a bad streak right there at the end. Yeah, right. My good streak was right there in the middle at, like, 70 to 77.
0: That's weird. And you didn't take a break, did you? Oh, no, you did. No, you I, did. You I
5: did. did with about, let's see, we did 45 minutes. I think I did about 15 minutes left.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Because not everyone took breaks. I know Mike and Steven went straight through. Leo went straight right. through. Right. But uh, you and I definitely took a break. Um, you beat me, as you can tell. But – yeah. Uh, unfortunately Tim, you're kind of in the in the Liguori boat here where neither one of us i thought we both had pretty decent games, but neither one of us uh won any of the
5: awards yeah, um not at all not no. at all looking at the the records um I was kind of just that middle of the road person mm-hmm. um where i mean i I haven't done like. Mean or medians but i'm somewhere right there in the middle in terms of percent right um right at 60 percent. so
0: yeah you don't win a whole
5: lot of awards for being average but you know what you don't end up with the bottom of the barrel
0: no you're not the dregs so kind of put this into into context i'm going to run through all of all the winners and all the winners right now of the different awards so the most correct answers went to steven he had 102 correct answers um, he also got through 163 questions, which is the most questions anybody got through. Uh, the fewest incorrect answers you just heard from her was Lauren Carey; she had 42 incorrect answers. Uh, Stephen had, by a very narrow margin, the best correct percentage. I believe he had a little; he was over 63 percent. Lauren rounded up to 63 percent, and I believe Mike was at 62. And yeah, you're at
2: it was
5: something like that. It was a very narrow, let's see, Stephen had 62.58. Uh, Lauren had 62.50. And uh, Mike had 61.64. Yeah, so it was
0: razor thin. It really was. Uh, my lovely wife, Leah, unfortunately had the Lowest correct percentage at 47%. She had some tougher questions, so I will give her that.
5: She did. She had She had a very hard episode. Yeah,
0: even Mike said that too. He, Mike texted me after her episode came out. He goes, dude, if I had those questions, I don't know how much better I would have done. I'm like, yeah, that was a, that was tough. It's the luck of the draw. Uh, the best correct streak, Mike Mott rattled off at one point in time 15 correct answers in a row.
5: Yeah, he kind of just went on a roll there, and I don't know. Like, sometimes you just hit that hot button and you're just on it sometimes you get some easier questions
0: you do it's i mean it's it's a randomization effect of the questions and he just happened to hit his hot streak which is actually really cool for him uh lauren Carey took home the both the worst correct streak where she rattled off her most she rattled off in a row was five but the best incorrect streak at three yeah and then mike for rattling off 15 correct answers in a row also had the worst incorrect streak where he had six incorrect answers in a row uh, Tim, what was your experience like? Did you enjoy it?
5: I mean, I was sweating there after a while, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you never realize how hard it is to to get, uh, recall knowledge until you have to recall a lot of knowledge all at once.
0: In a very short time period.
5: Yeah, and you don't have any teammates to rely on. Like, if it was 45 minutes of me and, like, somebody else, that's probably a whole lot easier. Yep. Um than, say, 45 minutes of just by yourself, because you're sitting here going, I don't know that I know this anymore. All this other <laughs> all these other questions have pushed it out of my mind.
0: Yeah, that that, that actually is a pretty pretty, like I'm someone if, if you listen to the show, you know, when I'm answering questions, like I I thrive when I can talk out answers. Like I feel like I do a good job of trying to come to at least what a logical guess could be. And there's no time for that. It's either spit it out or lose questions you can be asked by trying to talk out what a correct answer could be. Right. Um, I struggled with this one. I'm not going to lie. It's my damn format. So say what you want.
5: (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. I mean, overall, we had, uh, we answered as a group 790 questions across the six of us 791. Uh, And we answered 58% correct. So that's still pretty good numbers.
0: No, not bad at all. Not bad at all. And it was a, oh, a lot of fun to kind of put that together. Uh, thank you to the Redditor that assembled that, that questions list that made this a lot easier. Because <laughs> 791 <laughs> trivia questions is not easy to write, even though are no, a lot no, of them are basic. But it's... it's whew. Well, Tim, to thank you for your service today, sir, I have written you personally three trivia questions. And I'm going to let you choose the order. So do you want to go with reality television... Do you want to go with sports or politics?
5: Let's start with the uh, one I'm dreading the most, and that's reality television.
0: Here is your question in reality television, and this, I will say, is trivia-based reality television. The first-ever million-dollar winner on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire only used one lifeline. Which one was it?
5: Oh, I, I... Distinctly, actually, recall this one. Um, he used his phone, a friend, to call, I believe it was his father, and basically say, Yeah, I don't need any help. I just wanted to let you know I want a million dollars. And then said, The answer is whatever, final answer.
0: You took all of my bonus information <laughs> there right out of my hands. 100% correct. He called his dad. I don't need any help. I just want to tell you I won a million dollars. That is one of the coolest moments in reality TV show history.
5: That is the epitome of a baller move.
0: That is. That is. You
5: don't use any lifelines. You're going to use this one just to be like, yeah, I did this.
0: (laughs) It was a really cool moment. I remember watching that live because it leaked early that it was going to happen. Right. And so I remember watching that live just to
5: see it, and it was really cool.
0: Tim, we're moving on to question number two. Do you want politics or sports?
5: Oh, we'll go with uh, politics.
0: Politics. Here is your question. California Governor Gavin Newsom became the second governor of California to face a recall election. The first went on to be replaced by actor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who was that governor?
5: Oh, I was hoping the question was going to be who replaced that governor. Uh, Because I know that that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, That said, I'm probably going to let my buddies on uh, the Alt-Left podcast down because they're political guys out of California. I don't know this answer.
0: Oh, so the only reason I know this answer, because this happened back when I was not really into politics, but he actually after the recall election appeared on a TV show called Yes Dear. Oh, okay. Um it's a it was a really dumb comedy from the late 90s.
5: Yeah, with um uh, Mike Mike O'Malley. Mike O'Malley, yeah. uh, the guy from Guts.
0: Yes. Yes, one hundred percent Nickelodeon's Michael Malley. Uh but it was a gentleman by the name of Gray Davis. Oh,
5: okay. Gotcha.
0: Grey Davis was recalled and Arnold was elected and that is how we got the governor.
5: That that does ring a bell. Um but yeah, I would not have pulled it.
0: Let's see if you could pull this one, because I, I I don't I have no idea how easy or hard this question is, because I don't follow the NBA. So we're gonna find out. Only one modern day player is in the NBA Hall of Fame that went undrafted on draft day. His career would span from nineteen ninety six to two thousand and twelve before going into the hall in twenty twenty one. Who was this player?
5: So, he's a new inductee. 96 to 2012.
0: And I can give you, if you need it, I can give you his first and last team.
5: Yeah, give me his team.
0: Okay, I will give you his his last team first, and then if you need his first team, I'll give that to you. The last team he played with in 2011 was the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons?
5: Who is it? Distance Sand. No, it wouldn't have, It wouldn't have be. What was his first team?
0: Washington. Ninety-six. I don't know if they were the Bullets or the Wizards. Then I believe they might have been the Wizards, but I don't know.
5: This is one that I'm gonna hate myself when you read Washington undrafted.
0: Will fully admit, never would have thought this guy's a Hall of Fame player. Fully admitting that now. Detroit.
5: So, did he only play in, like, are, are you saying he only played in Detroit in
0: the last year? Or? Oh, no. He played for multiple teams, including for a brief stint with your Cleveland Cavaliers.
5: The only name that's come to mind, and I don't think it's right, would be Ben Wallace.
0: Ben Wallace is a correct answer. Is it really? Yes. He made it into the NBA Hall of Fame.
5: Yeah, when you said Detroit, I was thinking that, but then you said, like, I, I didn't know he ended his career there. I remember him distinctly being um, in Detroit during, like, that that run in the early 2000, early to mid-2000s. Yep. He was in Detroit then he was. So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have yeah.
0: yeah. He started off with Washington and went to Orlando um as part of a trade in 99. Then from there went to Detroit, left Detroit in 06 to play with the Bulls, then the Cavs, then back to Detroit for 3 years to end his career.
5: Yeah, I didn't know he went back to Detroit.
0: Uh yeah, I didn't either. I can't believe he's a Hall of Famer because I don't follow basketball. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll leave that to the benchwarmers guys. They're the the, the, <laughs> the...
5: shout out to the benchwarmers warmers.
0: Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast is a, a good one. Give it a listen. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Mr. Tim Dipple. Tim, tell our fans and tell our listeners about your podcasts.
5: Well, right now my podcasts are kind of completely on hiatus. Uh, having a six-month-old will do that to you. Yes, it will. Um, if you want to listen to back episodes, you can listen to Marital Tiffs or the Hometown Crowd podcast. Uh, you can join the Hometown Crowd podcast group if you want to talk sports all day. Um, yeah. But if you just want to follow me and my crappy opinions about politics and Star Wars, uh, you can find me on Twitter at TDGamer.
0: Uh, yeah, and you can also find the Hometown Crowd podcast on Facebook where Tim reminded me that my team is now one of the worst in college football. We yeah. Are a
5: joke. Yeah, Florida State.
0: Ugh been a season
5: it's been four games
0: it's been a season (laughs) I remember when I was in school there losing four games meant you were a crappy football team and that happened over the course of a season we are oh and four all right I'm done I'm done I'm done But ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this special recap episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. If you enjoyed the hot seat, I have good news. We are coming back for Season 2 of the Hot Seat Challenge. Tim, you will, of course, be invited back. Uh, We are going to be scheduling those and getting those coming out here actually relatively quickly. There will be a pretty quick turnaround on this. Um, For the next couple of weeks, though, you're going to have a regular episode of us as we move into the Halloween season. You have a couple of Halloween-themed hot seat episodes featuring your one and only host, Chris, a horror movie fan. And then the second episode is featuring friend of the show, Jenna, from the Dead Girls Talking Podcast. And those are hot seat horror movie episodes that are going to get you in the mood for Halloween. As we move into the month of November, we are going to start with more of our traditional hot seat episodes. Those are coming. We are starting to record them right now. And so far, they have been a freaking blast. Find the Pub Trivia Experience on Patreon. Patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B is your exclusive home for all the bonus content of the Pub Trivia Experience and our sister podcast, Boozy Bracketology. You can find us on Facebook, The Lounge, fans of the Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology, Instagram, Pub Trivia Experience, Twitter at PubTriviaPod. For the Pub Trivia Experience, I have been Chris.
5: And I've been Tim
0: and everybody else that was on this episode earlier. You all have a good one. We'll see you next week.